How did you get interested in plastic surgery? It's extraordinary that I was a postgraduate student in Bloomsbury there at London House, and then they went to, did a course at St Bartholomew's Hospital, and uh, I did a uh, there, and I saw for the first time something I hadn't seen before, a reconstructive surgery for skin tuberculosis. Uh, lupus vulgaris was very common in northern European destructive like cankerous. And actually see a person having noses made. I've never seen anything like that. Yes. What didn't happen at the Melbourne it was the time when surgery was all, was the great area of abdominal surgery and the, all the operation was ostomy, otomy or ectomy. <laughs> ectomy removing things, ostomy cutting things open for drainage, otomy cutting things and amputations. I never saw any reconstruction. It mm. just stimulated my interest. I was always interested mm. in anatomy and form. And uh, is actually seen. I said, that's what I want to do. Mm. And furthermore, it, uh, it was a little bit of this about it. It was uh, in 37, and Hitler was going from one national impertinence to another, and Chamberlain coming home over his flag peace in time. It looked as though there was a bad smell of war about, and yes. I thought they'd be needed, and I didn't know anybody in Australia who was doing this so often. And I said, that, I suppose mm. that was another thing that interested me. Mm. And I did was not recognised in Britain in that way. Gillies, although he was knighted for his World War I work, he's a New Zealander there on Rhodes Scholarship since 1911. He started this in the British setup in 1916 on an imperial basis. He didn't get a hospital appointment until 1930. He was given two beds at St Bartholomew's Hospital. So I rang his secretary, but I couldn't get past his old secretary. He was an old war patient of his. But it so happened that we used to earn money between courses of doing locums for the London County Council and Middlesex County. And I had a locum at Queen Mary's Hospital, Sidcup, which was the old World War I hospital, hutted hospital in the grounds of the ward where they did this work during the latter war years, including an Australian contingent. Uh, was then a at an LCC convalescent hospital. It so happened that the superintendent of that hospital was Cliff Ellingworth, who went as a, in World War I and never came back. He stayed in England, and he was in the LCC, and he happened to be superintendent there. And I was telling him that uh, how I mm. wanted to see some plastic surgery, and he said, oh, I know. He got the telephone, he said, put me through to Sir Harold. Tell him Cliff Ellingworth speaking here. So got a young Australian here who wants to When will you see him? He come and see you. Well, when will you see him? What time? All right, he'll be there. And there I was. It was Gillies. Gillies. Mm. I went to see him in the uh, London clinic and he was very nice because he was a colonial. He sort of understood me. And uh, then a voice, he said I could come and watch him uh, and told me where he worked. And the, uh, then the voice came through on the... Speak easy for me, Secretary Sir Thomas Lipcup to see you, sir. And I said, oh, excuse me, and thank you very much. Well, he said, don't worry, old man, that only means tea's ready. Come out and have a cup. <laughs> Sir Thomas Lipcup. <laughs> <laughs> After lovely. all those sort of tricks, yes. I heard that there was a... They worked at the London County Council. They had a clinic at St James Hospital, Ballam, which was taken over by the an old Poor Law Institute which the London County Council took off. And when they took them over, they took the administrative staff, the whole business over. And the plastic surgeon, there were only four plastic surgeons in England at that time. And they had
had the clinic there. They all operated there, and Marlon had a clinic where he saw the cases and that. So anyway, I thought, I'd go. I hung around. There a lot of Australians had been in and out of that place, including Bob Lawson, who was a colleague of mine at Ormond. He was there. Oh, he said there's a there had their cat job in the CAS department here going for a fifth, six weeks or something, someday going away. Anyway, I applied and got this job. Worked in the casualty department arrangement time so that I could hang around the plastic so nice to watch them and occasionally they asked me to assist them and this sort of thing was fine. Anyway, Mulham said, although he went there every day to see the cases and what have you, he said they're going to advertise for a, a resident. Anyway, in due course, he said to me, it's come through that he said you ought to have a talk to Al McCormick. He was the superintendent of the hospital. He's an old bloke, funny old Scott, who liked running his hospital in his own way. He rather liked the Australians he had there because they got on with their work and didn't fuss him. So I went down to see him and he said, oh, he said, there'll be a lot of, job, lot of people after that young man. This is the first opportunity for a resident in this sort of work in England. He said, I had an MS, funnily enough, which they seem to think a lot of in that country. And then I had my fellowship. And uh, he must have said, uh, he must have slept on it. Because next morning he called me down to his office and he said, you're really interested in this job, are you, Rank? I said, yeah. All right, he said. I've decided to forget to advertise it for three months and I'll appoint you in an active capacity. That might improve your chances. <laughs>